Hey, well, good morning, New Hope Community Church, and thanks again so much for continuing to join us every week online. Um, I'm really excited to be giving the message today because this weekend is a really special weekend. Um, we get to celebrate the birthday of one of my most favorite people ever on earth, and he didn't know I was going to do this. He's here with me behind the camera making all this, you know, happen. Um, but I would just like to welcome up my husband, uh, Pastor John, when you come up really quick. I, he doesn't want to... <laughs> it's his birthday. It was his birthday yesterday. <laughs> and I just wanted to um, publicly honor him and just say that... <laughs> that um, I love you and I appreciate you, um, that, man, this man, I see everything that he does behind the scenes. Um, and I would say that he is an amazing man. He's a good father, a good husband, and, a, and an awesome pastor. And so, happy birthday. I love you. Oh, kissing at church. Uh, okay, <laughs> now go back, to, go back there. And uh, now I get to tell some embarrassing stories about him since it's his birthday, but, um, but no, for real, I'll tell you, one of my favorite stories, we were dating, like, on the verge of becoming engaged, and um, we did this camp, and one of the things that, I mean, I, I love my husband, I love his personality, I feel like we're just compatible, um, our, the, the way we, we are with one another, uh, he gets me, I get him, uh, we're, I feel like, a good match, um, but I remember, like I said, we were, we were in the process, like we weren't quite engaged yet, but we were heading there. And we went to this camp, uh, Camp Cedarcrest. So shout out to all my Foursquare Southern California peeps. Uh, for, um, camp Cedarcrest was the camp that we all went to twice a year. We went for summer camp and winter camp. Winter camp was always a few days, just a couple days, and it would be up in the snow, up in the middle of the mountains, and it was always cold, and usually there was snow, um, and it was really just kind of a fun getaway. Well, this particular year, uh, John, who was like my almost soon-to-be uh, fiancé, he came with our youth group as a youth group camp counselor, and I remember the whole time we were at camp, uh, there was this other church. We were kind of like a country church, but we went up with a bunch of different churches. So there's others. This other church was like a super urban, had a super urban vibe, lots of kids from the city. And so I remember there was this kid that looked exactly like John that went to this other church. I would always get them confused. I remember I was, um, I was looking for John, couldn't find him anywhere. And I asked one of the kids in our youth group, have you seen John? Is he around? They're like, He's inside the chapel. So I went inside the chapel and I found this like amazing like dance off and people were like going like crazy. They were doing all this stomp and break dancing and I'm not a dancer as you can tell. But there was John in the middle of this intense dance off and he's like, he's, you know, like, oh, oh, you know, and then like challenging one group and challenging the other group. And he was kind of like the guy that was making it all happen. And I'm like, from the back of the room, I'm like staring at John like, yeah, I mean, that's, that looks exactly like him, but that can't possibly be him. Like, this is so out of his character. Like, he doesn't dance. He doesn't instigate dance-offs. Like, who? and then I realized it wasn't him, but it was like his camp 
twin, okay? And this camp twin went to this other church. Well, anyways, at one point, um, and this is what I love about um, who John is, and this really just kind of revealed his character and who he is, and I'm not sure I've ever shared this publicly, um, but I remember we, you know, the camp session had broke out. There's probably about 700 um, students, and what they needed to do is they needed to clear the room of all the chairs so that they can move on to the next event. And so it was late at night, the service had just gotten over, and the youth pastor of that urban church comes up to John and he puts his hands on his shoulder as me and John are in conversation. And he said, hey, Christian, I'm going to need you to start putting away all those chairs right now. And John looked at him and said, okay. And then he started putting away all the chairs. And I was like, why didn't you tell him your name isn't Christian? He thinks that you're that other kid. And I love his response. And his response just shows like the epitome of who he is and, and what his character is. And so he looked at me and said, what does it matter what my name is? If, if the chairs need to be put away, I can help. And I love that about my husband is that you, um, you know, I know you guys all love him, but he is so humble and he is so sweet and he is so meek and kind, and that is the way that he leads. And what an amazing blessing and privilege to be under someone who leads with such a sweet, humble heart. As I'm getting teary-eyed, I'm gonna ask you to do this. As it's his birthday this weekend, would you pray for your pastor above giving gifts, um, above any other kind of blessing that you can think to give him? Would you bless your pastor with your prayers, prayers for encouragement, prayers for strength, prayers for wisdom, prayers for support. Um, this has been a crazy season for all of us, and we're right there with you. And so would you lift up your pastor in prayer? Let's get us all praying for him this week. I know that those prayers will bless his socks off more than anything else. Um, so happy birthday, John. I love you. I'm so thankful that you're my husband. And you guys are probably like, oh my gosh, she's being so mushy, get to the point. And so I'm going to just go ahead and jump right in uh, to the message. Um, but anyways, today I get the privilege, I'm not sure it's a privilege, when I saw the um, topic of today, I noticed that it was on judgment. And so this time, as we've gone through our quarantine here online, I've spoken on anger, idols, and now judgment. I get all the fun subjects. Um, but if I'm being truly honest with myself, and if we're being truly honest with ourselves, um, judgment is something that we all struggle with. But today, as we get into the message, I just want to challenge you. Like, I speak this message to myself. I want to encourage you. Like, as I'm speaking, if your mind starts thinking, man, it would be really good for Lisa to hear this message right now, or I think my, I hope my husband's listening, hey, keep your thoughts and your eyes, like, on yourself. I think that's the best way to listen to a message like this. As I preach it, as I'm writing, I'm allowing like, Lord, check my heart. Like, forgive me, Lord, for the times um, that I have been guilty of judging others. I think even on social media with everything that we have going on, you guys know whether it's, um, you know, everything that's happening in the political arena, whether it's how we're taking care of ourselves, whether we're reopening too soon or reopening too slowly, like everybody has a judgment call. Everybody has an opinion and nobody has like a filter when it comes to social media. Um, but I want to encourage you, 
I want to stop right here. This wasn't really part of my plan, but whether you're for, you know, Governor Ige, whether you're for, you know, President Trump, I just can't imagine the weight of the decisions and everything that they have to carry as the leaders of our state and of our country. Would you pray? Would you pray? It's so easy to look at these men and judge their decisions, and we don't even have the full picture, the full weight. And as angry as we get, as angry um, as it is easy, easy to just ride them off, would you pray for them? When's the last time you prayed for them um, to, to change or to make godly decisions or, or just pray for them? Pray that the Lord gives them wisdom. Um, they are not beyond our prayers. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, um, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your goodness and for your grace. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. God, I pray that this morning you would touch our hearts. Lord, where maybe, Lord, where we have some blind spots, would you just minister your truth and grace to us today? Um, we need you, Lord. In your holy name we pray. Amen. And so when we come to the Sermon on the Mount, in the midst of a pandemic, this is what we're talking about. How can you read the Sermon on the Mount? How can you look through this book and not think, my goodness, our church is doing this sermon for such a time as this, that Jesus is speaking to our church and showing us how to live. We've seen that the Lord is teaching us about ourselves. We see that in ourselves with beatitudes and he says be poor in spirit and blessed are those who hunger and thirst blessed are the peacemakers so we learn about ourselves through the beatitudes we learn about how to look at the world as we hear the message about salt and light we hear about the word of god um, and how immutable and unchanging and how powerful it is we've heard about moral laws and holiness and an inward commitment our inward commitment should reflect the way we live externally um, we learned about religious activity, about giving, praying, fasting, and what Jesus has to say about that. We learned about what Jesus has to say about money and possessions, um, material goods. And now we're going to learn what Jesus has to say about human relationships. It's time, I believe, um, to take hold of our Christian faith, that no longer should we be a people that just say, you know what? Like, I'm comfortable and I, I'm Christian, but I believe that God is calling us in this season to really strengthen our faith. I believe that it's time to get a little uncomfortable and to dig in into our faith. Jesus um, says that he, well, I've heard it said, I've heard it said that um, Jesus came to afflict the comfortable and to comfort the afflicted. And I don't know about you, but I'm sure you fall in one of those categories. You were either comfortable or afflicted um, before, during, or after this whole COVID-19 thing. And I believe that Jesus has, uh, either he's going to make you a little bit comfortable, I mean, he's going to comfort you, or you're going to feel a little discomforted um, today. But my hope and prayer for us in this season is that we would ask the Lord to take out the stuff that's not from him, and Lord, just make us right with you. And what did Jesus say about the church? He said, they will know that you are mine by how deeply you know uh, you love one another. But I think what's sadly true of the church is that we're known for how deeply we judge others and one another. God, we need you. 
we need you in this season. This morning, we're going to talk about relationships and how to act in relationships. And Jesus says it. It's simple. It's simple, but it's not easy. And so we're going to uh, open our Bibles to Matthew 7. We're going to read chapters 1 through 7. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And today, um, today's passage is kind of a negative command where Jesus says, do not do not judge. Do not do this. And I believe if we don't do this, that our family relationships, our work relationships, our church relationships, um, that we'll begin to experience healing and growth and health when we stop judging each other. Now, when I say the word judge, because I'm going to say that word a lot today, in this particular passage, I'm not talking about discernment, where the Bible does say to discern and to test the spirits, to tell and distinguish the difference between truth and heresy, between a falsehood and, a, and, and truth. Um, the Bible says to, um, you know, to not sin. So I'm not talking about um, allowing sin and being okay with sin. I think this passage is very quoted. It's very popular. Like everybody knows this passage of scripture and a lot of people misuse it. You know, like right before somebody's doing about to do something pretty naughty, like it's bad, you know, and, and you're like, Ooh, I, I wouldn't go that way. I think there's trouble ahead. And they're like, only God can judge. And you're like, I, I'm just saying like, you're, you're going to hit that wall. Um, and so I think that um, just I'm not talking about calling out sin, uh, 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 church discipline, um, whether you're discerning truth. What I'm talking about is criticism, that this word judgment is talking about criticism. The basis for Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is telling the truth about the distinction between true, pure devotion to God and a false religiosity. So you have two different people listening in the audience. You have the religious leaders and then you have these, you know, followers of Jesus and the crowds and people who just want to come and hear. Um, when I say judgment, I mean critical, judging, condemning, self-righteousness, egotistical. And this is what the Pharisees, the religious leaders, the perfect picture of what a Christian should be, um, what a true good religious person should be at the time. The Pharisees were criticizing people because they lived up to such a high standard. Um, and they were criticizing people, not because everyone was in sin, but they were criticizing people um, because they didn't have the right kind of character or the right kind of personality. They didn't follow the right kind of rules, or maybe they had a certain weakness, or maybe they didn't look the right way. But these are the kinds of judgments that the Pharisees were passing on. Um, when we talk about judgment, we are not talking about sin in the context of this passage. Um, and it is important to make this distinction 
Uh, John 7, 24, do not judge according to the appearance or judge with righteous judgment. What Jesus is doing in this passage is he's unmasking the religiosity um, and the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. Um, we are not to judge people's motives. We don't condemn them because they think differently. Uh, we don't condemn them because they don't measure up to our standard. Um, have you ever met a really judgy person? I think we all, you know, maybe like a lot of things that come out of their mouth are really critical or judgmental. I think we've all uh, met someone like that. And what's crazy is I think that we would say, hey, I think that person, had, like, have you no filter? Like, you know, we're thinking that as they're, you know, saying the judgy statements. And I would say that they probably do have a filter. We think, oh, they don't have a filter, but I bet you they do. There probably is a filter. Their mom probably told them if you had nothing nice to say, don't say it. Like they know that rule, but their heart is so filled with judgmental criticism that they can't help but say it. And then they're probably filtering it a little bit. So can you imagine the depths of what's in their heart, the stuff that they're not saying. I love, we had this one pastor, um, he was pretty famous, maybe about 20 years ago he passed away, but it was Pastor Ron Mel, he was so um, kind and sweet, he had a large church um, in Oregon, and I remember one of the students at our Bible college is like, hey Pastor Ron, you know, you're so, I feel like you're just so godly and you're so nice, and like, how is it to be like you? Like, how, how do you do what you do? And he said, let me tell you something, I repent every second. And what he was saying was, the minute he has a bad thought, like, I'm sorry, Lord, I repent of that. And I would say the minute that we have a critical thought, a judgmental moment, that we would stop, put a filter on it, don't say it, just repent and pray. I think that would be a really good tip. Before we type out a message, stop, put a filter on it, pray about it, repent. Um, I think there's five different kinds of judgment that are kind of mirrored in the Bible. And we see um, in the Bible, these are the kinds of judgments you should not do. One um, is the official kind of judging. This is that eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, a very vengeful, I'm going to punish you uh, kind of judgment. And only God is the judge. And we are not to take that type of judgment. Number two, we make hasty judgments. Proverbs 18, 13 says, don't make hasty judgments. Um, we should not make hasty judgments when we don't have all the facts. Truths are when you see someone and then you're quick to make a judgment call, you do not have all of the facts. So do not make a hasty judgment. I remember I had a friend um, in Bible college. Now, remember, I went to a four-square church, uh, and then we would all go to four-square camp, and then we all ended up at Bible college together. I remember I was talking to this one girl who went to a summer camp with one of the girls from my youth group, and my Bible college friend said, you know, she's just like, why does she dress like that? I'm like, you, she has a story. I know, but does she really have to dress like that? I mean, she's accentuating things that shouldn't be accentuated. She's not covering things that should be covered. And, you know, and I'm like, hey, gently. I mean, we went around like maybe five minutes. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, but she, she has a story, you know, and um, I'm just thankful she's at camp. I've known her her whole life. And so, again, five minutes back and forth, and I kept being pretty gentle. And finally I said, look, 
I want to tell you something about that girl. She has been through massive abuse in her past, and I, I do not blame her for the way she dresses. I do not judge her for the way that she dresses. She comes from a broken family. She is at this camp. She's experiencing God like she's never experienced him before. Let God worry about the way she dresses later. Right now, he's working on her heart. And my friend at Bible college was like, oh, well, that's cool. I'm, I'm glad God's working on her heart. And I said, yeah, but it, doesn't it stink that you couldn't just love her? Like I had to tell you all of that in order for you to be okay. And I think that's the thing about hasty judgments. You do not have the full picture on that person's life and how they are, the way that they are. Do not have hasty judgments. This is not what people need from the church. Three, unwarranted and undeserved judgments. Um, Colossians, in Colossians we see that you have believers who are from Jewish descent and they're criticizing the Gentile believers. Like, you're not celebrating the new moon festival like you're supposed to. You're not circumcised. You're not holding the Sabbath. You're not living to our standards. How can you be a good Christian, a spiritual Christian, if you're not doing these things? We are not to have unwarranted or undeserved a judgment that says, hey, these are our human standards. These are our unbiblical codes, and you must stay to them. Otherwise, I'm going to put you in a different spiritual category. In my mind, I'm going to ride you off. That is wrong, and we should not do that. Number four, unjust judgment. Um, we see in the first chapter of Judges, we see the northern kingdom of Israel, um, and there's unjust judges ruling the northern kingdom. And it says that the, the Bible says that they were taking bribes. Um, we are not to have unjust judgments. Number five, unrelenting judgments. Uh, this is a persistent kind of judgment. Like it never lets up. Like you're always like this. You always do this. You always mess up. It's the judgment that never lets go. The judgment that keeps on criticizing. The judgment that hammer, 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 hammers. And this is opposite of what and who God is. God is rich in love, slow to anger, abounding in in mercy. This is not from God, this kind of persistent judgment. The Lord is saying, do not have unwarranted, unjust, unmerciful condemnation um, because that spawns in self-righteous pride. And that's the spirit that I want to address this morning is our self-righteous pride that gets us in trouble and thinks that, hey, I've got my stuff together. Why can't everybody else measure up? And I think that this is the worst of all of us Christians. We're all guilty of making judgments. And, and worse than that, keeping those things in our mind, then we begin to tell other people. Um, and then gossip spreads. And so three reasons. I'm just going to get into this um, quickly, why we shouldn't judge. Um, the Bible says, don't judge unless you're ready to be judged. Um, three reasons why we should not judge. It shows us a false view of God. Do not judge, um, Matthew 7, 1. Do not judge or you too will be judged. Um, you are not the judge. You are not the final court. Um, have you forgotten that you are not God? That God is the judge. That Matthew 5, uh, John 5 says judgment belongs to God. We see that in Romans 14, 4 and 1 Corinthians uh, 4, and three. Um, number two, when you judge, it shows you a false view of others. Um, judgmental people always put other people under. 
Uh, people who are critical, they think that they live up here. Um, there are always two kinds of levels. And I believe that in Matthew 7, what we're seeing is there's actually, there's a physical ramification. When you have a critical judgmental spirit, there's something that happens in the physical realm. It's just a consequence that happens. And that is, have you ever noticed, you guys will all know what I'm talking about. And if you've never noticed, maybe you're a critical person. Um, <laughs> but have you ever noticed how easy it is to, to judge someone who's super duper critical. Maybe they always say something critical or they always say something judgmental like, ooh, look at her hair, ooh, look at that. Why is that? Ooh, you need to get your toenails done. Why does your hair do that thing? And you know, it's just something like that. So then the next time when you see that person, you're like, how come your jeans are wrinkled? How come, and you start kind of running judgments in your mind against them. When you have a spirit of judgmentalism, when you have a spirit of criticalness, um, it just comes back at you. And that is what this scripture is saying in a, in a sense, but actually it takes it a step deeper. In verse two, it says, um, for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. What that verse means is that God will evaluate you on the basis of your knowledge. I mean, that verse would just hit us. That if you think you know enough to judge everybody else, then you prove that you know enough to be judged by that same standard. You ever notice how the most loving or the most unjudgmental people um, where they, they kind of just don't want to know things, you know, like if you come up to them and say, Hey, I got to tell you, we had a meeting at our school the other day and you would not believe what happened. And then they start kind of getting going in their story and the person's like, Oh, you know, you know what, you know, no, no, no. I'm so sorry. Like, I just, I don't want to hear this. Um, and it, I believe people don't want to hear it because they want to be ignorant, but they don't want to hear it because they want to remain innocent. They don't want to hear your half of the story and only get a, a limited picture. And now their minds are muddied um, about all those people that they love. And I feel like those have been the most loving, unjudgmental people in my life that don't even let me go there. And I think that we as a church need to be more like that. When somebody comes up and is ready to indulge you in something about others, you need to be like, you know what, I don't really want to know. Because again, we, we have a limited view on that person's life and why they made the decisions that they made. It's best to just remain innocent in those situations. It's easy to have a judgmental view of others and think, ooh, they're going to get it. They're going to get pay. They're going to pay for that one. Um, and that's what judgment does. Um, that we, we actually, when we do that, we have a double standard that we're measuring everybody up to this. I, I've, I've seen it a lot, right? Um, with this whole COVID-19 uh, pandemic, you'll see people being like, you better safe than sorry, stay home stay home. And then those people are going out to lunch and going to the park. You're like, wait, I thought you said to stay home, <laughs> you know, but they have no problem scolding everybody, judging everybody. And then they themselves do it. 
Um, but it's really crazy because the criticism is like a boomerang. You like throw it out there and it comes back and it whacks you in the head. You think about Haman, Haman in the Bible where Queen Esther, um, you know, she prayed and fasted and came before the king and King Haman made these gallows because he wanted to hang Mordecai on it. But what ended up happening? Haman built the gallows that he himself hung on. We see uh, King Adonai Bezak in Judges where he, um, he takes, he captures 70 kings and he cuts off all their thumbs and he cuts off all their big toes. And then later he's captured and his thumbs and his big toes are cut off. And I think that the same harshness that we deal with people comes right back at us. Um, to judge wrongly is to play God, and you will always be blinded by your own bias and by your own self-righteousness. Um, in early Greece, it was said in that civilization that they used to have court in the middle of the night when everything was dark so that the judges could not see the faces. They could only hear the cases, and they would judge accordingly. Number three, uh, when we judge others, it shows a false view of self. Um, you know, the thing is, is if we put all of the energy that we're taking judging other people and criticizing other people, why did they do it like that? How come they did it like that? How come they're not blah, blah, blah. If we took all that energy that we're putting criticizing others and put that into fixing ourselves, into examining our hearts and looking at our own lives, um, Matthew 7, 3 and 4 says... Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? If you have a log in your own eye, then you're blind. It really is the blind leading the blind. Again, when you judge to a standard, you show evidence that you are blind. Otherwise, you'd be working on yourself. A self-righteous person never sees anything wrong with their own lives, and they are spiritually proud. And what is one thing that God hates? He hates pride. I know uh, John talked about this a couple weeks ago, um, but we see the parable where Jesus tells a story about a tax collector who is like a traitor to his kind, and he would be the worst. Like Jesus would mention that, and then you know everybody's minds would be kind of upset and angry. And then he said, and a Pharisee, they both went to the temple, and the Pharisee kind of took the good seat, and he kind of stood up and said this really amazing prayer, but that was filled with like spiritual like self-righteousness and how amazing he was, and thank God I'm not like him. And I think that would have been probably pretty common of the time for those Pharisees. And then you have a tax collector, and the Bible says that he, he stood off to the side, so he didn't even go to the place of honor. He knew who he was. He knew what he was about, and he stood off to the side. And then he prayed a sweet, humble prayer. And at the end of that story, Jesus says it was the tax collector who is justified before God. And then in reference to the Pharisee, he says, like, humble yourself before the Lord, before the Lord humbles you. It was John MacArthur who said, a truly holy person is lost in his own sinful mess. When was the last time that you grieved over your own sin? I wonder what the church would look like if we began to do that. 
before looking to our neighbors, before looking outwardly, that we started to look inwardly and grieve the things in our lives that break the heart of God. And we start repenting over those things, start repenting over our own stuff, and start trying to fix other people. You know what I believe would happen if the church did that, if the church stopped judging and criticizing and start reflecting on the inward inward person and said, Lord, renew me, make me new. I repent, forgive me, change me, make me new. You know what would happen? That we would have a revival. And that's what we need. We need a revival today. We need the Spirit of God, a fresh move of His Holy Spirit. Take a spiritual look at your own life. Get your act together. And when your act gets together, guess what? You're able to help others. And I'm not talking about fix, uh, fixing other people because I think that we, we, we mix up helping and fixing. There's people who see, they make a judgment call and then they try to fix you and fix the problem and fix this. I'm not talking about that. Like how offensive is that? Like, oh, I'm going to fix you. You can get that fixed, you know, and you can fix that and you can fix. I'm not talking about fixing people. I'm talking about coming alongside of them, coming underneath them and helping them. David says, it was David, when he made the biggest sin, the biggest mess up of his life, Psalm 51, it says, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. And then I will be able to teach transgressors your way. When I've messed up and I've sinned and I've experienced the grace and the love and the freedom and the forgiveness of God, then I can extend that to other people. And so when we are renewed, we can pass on that love and that kindness and that forgiveness to others. I saw this video this week and I was really struck. It's actually a real judge and he's, um, it's a court, a real court uh, scene and this man comes before the judge and he has to have some tickets cleared. And um, let's take a look. Jose Jimenez. Thank you. Good morning, so you have two parking tickets, one on Wallace Street and one on Harold Street. Harold? Harold, yeah. That goes no. back five years ago. Oh, how do you know that? Oh, yeah. It was at one o'clock in the morning. I didn't know, but I'm not here for that ticket. But if well, you are now. But how come they didn't send me a letter to know? You never got it? Never got it. You better check with the mailman. Uh, maybe, yeah, we have a, a problem with them. Yeah, see? Already? Yes. Yeah, I solved that time. problem. Okay. All right, what do you want to tell me about the one on Wallace? Street. That's at okay. five o'clock at the four four thirty in the morning. Okay, I have a landscaping truck uh, business, and I have two trucks, one inside, and then when I'm back to work, I'm so tired. I do roof, siding, deck, patios, and go. and the guys has a party. My tenors, oh. I park in the truck in the <clears> street. <throat> I went inside and I eat dinner. Then I went to rest, and I forgot the truck in the, in the street. I get a ticket. I pay the ticket $20. They get it late. Now they charge me more. Um, I'm here to know if he, I can pay only the 20 then I send already. I have a notation. The ticket was paid. It's, okay. There's a penalty. I'm waiving the penalty. Okay. You're free to go. Oh, but I want to tell you something about uh, my life. Well, let me get comfortable. Uh, but, okay, just I want to tell you thank you because like 20 years ago, 
I was a bad boy. Like I'd be here every month to get a speeding limit ticket, drunken driver, and I spent fifty-three thousand dollars to be to be a citizen. I have sixteen years citizen of United States. You told me by that time I'm uh, 18, 18 years old, and you say, why you wanna be later? You wanna be in jail? You wanna be die? Or you wanna be somebody? And I say, I wanna be somebody. And I took. No, I wanna hear it. <laughs> I took my CD. I'm a truck driver. Thank you, you. <clears throat> yeah, that's great. <clears throat> I'm going to tell you something. You were down, and it's not a crime to get knocked down in life, but it's a sin not to get up. And so you suffered being down and out and you were having problems. I don't remember it, but, but now don't that, fail. But now that, you, now that you, you brought it to my attention, right, it's something I try to do with people. You know, sometimes people say I'm too lenient. I'm not trying to be lenient, I'm trying to help people, yes. trying to bring out something in them. I probably recognized something in you, that spark. My name, Jose Jimenez. You told me, are you the comedian guy? I said, I don't even know that guy. Uh, they say, <laughs> God love you. Congratulations on turning your life around. Come up here. I want to shake your hand. Isn't that a powerful story? And we can see the difference. I wonder what this man's life would have been like had the judge ruled harshly had he ruled according to what this man deserved. And instead he saw a man full of potential and he offered him hope. He offered him grace. He offered him compassion. And I believe that that's what the, that God, our Father, the Lord Jesus offers you and me today that we can be loved and embraced by his compassion and his mercy, that he forgives my sin, that I can lay down my pride, my spiritual uh, self of self-righteousness. I can lay that down and accept his grace and compassion today. Let's pray. <laughs> um, Lord, as we examine our hearts, as we examine ourselves, um, Lord, we see where we have set the bar, and Lord, how short we fall. Lord, forgive us where we have judged and criticized others. Lord, you are, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. Lord, what a beautiful picture that not only are you a loving judge, but Lord, you are a just judge that you see the entire picture lord where in areas we feel like maybe we've been wronged and really hurt by judgment lord you cover that you see and you know 
But I feel like the Lord wants to heal some of you this morning. Maybe things have been spoken over your life. Maybe judgments have been set over you and you've just been kind of living under that. I believe the Lord wants to break that in your life. And God says, I see the full picture, son. I see the full picture, daughter. And I love you and I see your potential and I see the plans I have for you. And so the Lord wants to pour out his grace and his compassion upon you right now. And some of us have just been downright critical. Some of us, maybe as we're listening, we're feeling convicted. Lord, I pray right now that you would free us up from that critical spirit, that you would free us up, Lord, that we would no longer measure people to this invisible, impossible standard, that we would no longer hammer people with the words of our truth, but Lord, that you would um, do a great work in our hearts, that we would look at our lives and know how greatly forgiven and how greatly just and how greatly good and how greatly kind and how greatly merciful you've been with us so that we can begin to forgive and be kind and gracious and extend compassion towards others. And Lord, for those people who do not know you, who have been listening to this and saying, I don't even know what it is to be known by a loving God, a loving Father, um, if it is in your heart to receive Christ today, would you hit that yes button or, or right in your heart, you can just say yes, yes to Jesus, yes to the Father God. Would you say yes to him this morning? He doesn't want to judge you. He doesn't want to condemn you. He wants to love you. He has grace and compassion. A loving God like him says, a multitude that love covers a multitude of sins, that those sins that are eating you up, God says, I cover those with the blood of my son. And he has freedom and healing and wholeness for you today. And so if you say yes to Jesus, we would love to pray with you. Um, you can hit the yes button, but I'm going to pray and you can pray with me. Lord, we thank you for the life and the death and the resurrection of your son. And would you repeat after me, Lord, I'm a sinner. Lord, would you come into my heart? Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me. Change me, Lord. Forgive me, God. I receive you into my heart. We thank you, Lord, for your good and perfect gift. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, well, thanks again, New Hope community, for joining us. I hope you were encouraged by today's word. Um, we love you guys. We hope to see your kids tonight at our youth group and our children's ark at Zoom at 5 p.m. Uh, we look forward to being with you guys real soon. Love you. God bless.